Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, this podcast is part of the More Than Baseball family. Check them out at morethanbaseball.org. They are working hard to assist minor leaguers during and after their career with uh, career advice, financial, education, and even uh, mental health services, and so much more. Check them out at morethanbaseball.com. Super hyped for my guest today, uh, pitcher in the Mets organization, grinded in indie ball before the Mets gave him a chance. Now he's um, been as high as AAA. Uh, David Griffin, how's it going, brother? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, I, like I said right before we hopped on, I do want to thank you for jumping on here. I know it's uh, it's been a, a couple busy couple days for you. Were in AAA and then AA. Yeah. So like, uh, just yeah. how does that how does that all work out? Like, I mean, are they just um, last minute? Like, hey, by the way, we're actually going to send you down to AA, or like, what does that that process kind of like yeah. usually? Yeah. So, so what happened was, I mean. I was told like late the night before that, that they were like, Oh, Hey, you're starting tomorrow, but it's up in triple a, uh, I mean, going into it, I knew I was going to be going for at least a spot start. Sure. And, um, I happened, I, I was fortunate enough to get two starts when I was up there. I mean, by any means, I didn't think I was throwing well enough to deserve a promotion at the, at that time. Um, but yeah, they, I was up there for two starts. I mean, definitely a learning experience learned a lot when I was up there from the coaching staff, the players and all that stuff and just the gameplay itself and then after after like i think it was a sunday they're like hey uh just wanted to give you like a heads up like you're going back down to double a but you're gonna be starting on wednesday or whatever so i mean but they're like hey by any means don't get discouraged by it i mean the day i would have thrown just happens to be a day of Degrom's rehab for triple a so it's like i mean i know like i know there's still a lot to learn about the game and stuff like that so it's like i know i still need to work on stuff so i mean Obviously, the traveling back and forth is a, it's never entertaining and it's never fun, but yeah. it is what it is. It's part of the business. No, for sure. Um, you mentioned Scherzer. Like, was he, like, did you guys cross paths in the last couple of days? Yeah. Uh, uh, right. Scherzer, yeah. Scherzer was, uh, he rehabbed in Binghamton twice with us in two weeks. So we, uh, yeah, so he was there the first night or what, the first weekend. After his first start, he came back or we, came to the locker room the next day and there was airpods there he happened to leave us all airpod pros which is a really generous thing for him to do um he didn't have to do it i mean obviously we're really thankful for it um so i'm using these now so thank you max for those Um, shout out max and then the next time around he bought us a really nice dinner in hartford they'd be had it catered in the locker room and everything like that and it was some of the best food i've had all year if not entire of my baseball career yeah like it was very good food and you know he took care of us for sure i mean he looked out for us and stuff like that like yeah he was still there to do his business in in mad max mode but he, mm-hmm. he still looked after us before like when we got there early enough and stuff like that yeah so a couple of things like, like this is kind of fascinating um uh, because you hear all the time like um rehabbing players will come in then they'll 
they'll either get dinner or they'll do something and take care of the minor leaguers that, you know, that they're um, with and whatnot. Um, so just to have him, you know, bring out the AirPods for all you guys in the locker room, like that's just, um, that's electric. Just him being, you know, such, cause you know, you talk about Mad Max, but like as a person, like he's a, he's a, just an amazing guy. Like, have you, like, were you able to like, you know, maybe watch some of his outings and just kind of take notes and just prepare? Cause like, he's literally one of the best to do it. Oh yeah. I mean, we got to watch his whole bullpen routine, stuff like that. Um, how it goes about like warming up for, before a game. Um, I mean, one of the things was just like, Hey, obviously like when you know, a guy's starting on their day, like obviously don't talk to them unless they speak to you in general. Um, but no, it was unbelievable. You see Max, like when he first got there, like for the start, like he was a nice, he was easygoing guy. And then like, once those headphones went on, we knew it was like, Hey, it's game time. And I, and just the flip of a switch like that, the headphones afterwards, I mean, he was ready to dominate. It didn't matter that it was a double A rehab start or game seven of the world series. He was ready to compete. And um no i mean during the game too like he would talk to what you would talk to the catcher and sometimes the other starting pitchers that through earlier in the series like hey what do you got in this guy what do you see for this and just like the conversations about the game itself too like saying like hey this we know this guy chases this he's been doing this if he if this guy is like if his front foot's open more he's trying to uh turn and turn and pull the ball so it was really cool to see like how like in-game adjustments he can make and like what he like what was he what was he looking for in a hitter and stuff like that so it was really cool to like see him go about his business not only once but twice so that was a really fascinating thing to see as well that's incredible and have have you had any other like major leaguers rehab there um since you've been or no yeah so the first one was actually tyler mcgill um he rehabbed with us i forget i want to say like the first week of june and that was a really cool experience as well that was my first real dose of uh uh, a full-time major league you're making a rehab start um so that was really cool to see and just see how he goes about his business too and like like yeah at the end of the day there's still dudes like there's still guys as well like just 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 getting ready to play a baseball game so it's yeah. just like like some they do some guys do it so differently and and some guys it's funny like everybody has their own routine stuff like mm-hmm. that so it's really cool to see and like obviously too you get to like soak up all the knowledge and like yeah like like try to try see if it works for you if it doesn't like now you know mm-hmm. it's all about finding what's the best for you yeah no for sure and this was your first spring training like right like your first official spring training this season yeah. like how was it like again like you saw max here but just being able to see all the big leaguers i'm sure you had interactions bullpens and whatnot uh a little bit i mean obviously you had the lockout at the beginning of the season so the beginning of spring training so that was kind of tough to like obviously like you didn't get to really see any of the major leaguers. And then there was a few times where like major league hitters came down and like, they weren't traveling for the spring training game. Um, they would actually come in and like hit during our, and take all the at-bats during our scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So I'm just got, I'm just got my charge, my phone. Stuff. Oh, you're good. My you're good. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it was so cool. Cause like, like when like Cano, when he was with the Mets, he came down, McNeil, Nimmo, um, Marte, Escobar, like they were all rotating back and forth through different, um, the fields and just getting there at bats in and just hearing their conversations, how like, Oh, this pitcher tips this by doing this. And like, they've never seen us throw before, but the fact they're able to pick that up right, right away just shows how knowledgeable they are within the game. Like they're looking for, they're not talking about like what to do after the end. They're talking about like, what they see in that exact moment to help them get ready for the next time mm-hmm. they, they get up. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I, I want to talk to you about this. Um, so right off the bat, you 
your team, um, the Rumble Ponies, right? That was is that double A or low A or high A? Uh, double A. Double A. Um, so, so they got in a fight, a brawl with the Sea Dogs, and it was a pretty mm-hmm. like it was a legit brawl. Like typically, you'll see like benches clearing, they kind of walk out, and then they kind of jog back. Yeah. But this was like there were punches thrown. I saw one guy throw off his jacket, like he was about to dive in there. Like, were you there during this experience or no? No. So I I was. Because of that, I did get called up because um, obviously, like, unfortunately, one of our pitchers got hurt. Um, he ended up tearing his ACL, and I forget what else he did surgery. But really nice guy, a very on like very tough moment. I mean, that's just the heat of competition. Like, from what I've heard from other people that were there, they were saying like the pitcher was yelling at the umpire. The hitter thought he was yelling something to the pitcher, so then the pitcher sent him back to the to the hitter and just mayhem just mm-hmm. went crazy so i mean yeah i mean no i wasn't there for it either like i i saw it on the on like my, my social media and i was like oh boy yeah this is not good but yeah i mean it's never i mean it's never good like i don't think anyone's really trying to intentionally hurt anyone if they are then then what are they doing here like it's just there's no place for that I'm I'm gonna be honest though I'm I'm actually very pro like fights especially in the minor leagues I feel like that's so entertaining um long as I'm not trying to you know I don't want to see anyone get hurt right but I feel like that's the place was buzzing like you could just hear the fans in the background and whatnot um obviously oh, yeah I mean because they're not expecting they're not expecting a fight like at all like anytime the bench is clear I was like ooh like what's going on because they expect baseball to be very boring to like the app to like the average human but like. Baseball fans that like look for like the little stuff, like the, the nonverbal cues of like the like communication stuff, like that. Like, hey, what's going on here? Like the anticipation—that's what makes the game so great because you never know what's going to happen. But um, no, I mean, obviously we like we like diving plays, hard slides, and stuff like that. But there's no need to be drilling guys in the head. There's no need to be hitting guys in the elbow just because of something that happened earlier, like like that's i mean i i understand stuff like that like i would say like that's when everyone's like oh old school like like run out the home run don't pimp in stuff like that but at the same time you gotta be emotionally gotta be expressive like you if you enjoy playing the game like you love playing the game said about a guy like showboating you then make a better pitch like that's just kind of how it goes like because i tell you what if i'm if i'm in the bases of a jam with a shutout going and i end up punching out the four hole hitter like i'm gonna be a little bit fired up like like it's not it's not a disrespect thing to the hitter. It's more of like like yes, I got I got the job done. I'm fired up. Like because at the end of the day, you want to win. For sure, for sure. And um, that's what I was going to ask you. Just because like um, there's some people who have that mentality of like you know don't pimp home runs, blah blah blah. Uh, Madison Bumgarner is probably like one of the classic examples of just getting so mad uh, when things like that happen. So I was going to ask you like what what do you what is your thoughts when someone does that? Like has anyone ever? you know, just hit a bomb off you, then pimped it. And then like, you're just standing there like. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> flashback to my last time in AAA. It was funny. I, I threw a pitch and it was just one of those things where, like where I threw the pitch and the moment my foot landed, something didn't feel right. And like, I literally went like, I like, and I, I said some explosives that I don't know if I can say in this podcast, but I said some words as I threw the ball. And literally the moment I, that ball left my hand, I was like, Oh, blank and this dude hit the ball and i didn't even bother looking back because i knew that ball was dead center over the fence like it happens like if a guy like like it was a very bad pitch i made a mistake on and he capitalized it i'm like like i'd be doing the same thing too if like if i threw a pitch in the in the hitter swung and his bat went flying towards the dugout i'd be like like 
damn like you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. like yeah you, you did like it's very hard to hit a baseball yeah. like as a pitcher literally as a pitcher seven out of ten is is considered good like in your favor already like as a, if a hitter three for ten in anything else that's terrible but if they're three for ten in baseball then it's like wow he's good so yeah, I mean the odds are already against the hitter, so if they're going to be able to hit a 98 mile an hour fastball or however, and something with movement, and they hit it at 400 feet, then like yeah, good kudos to them. So, yeah, no, I agree, and like I, that's why it's comical when I see these guys on on social media who are like, you know, just hit the ball or stop striking out. I'm like, if you if any one of these guys on you know these Instagram or social media warriors who you know say hey stop striking out blah blah blah. Put them in a box against any pitcher in the minors, and they're they're going zero for ten, zero for hundred. They're not oh, even going to yeah. get. They're not, like, they're not going like, to even foul tip it. I I like it. Like I understand. Like if like a guy doesn't hit, like if he hits the ball and like it's a borderline foul, like it like you you know it's gone, but you just don't know if it's fair or foul. Like I can understand just staying in the box and just seeing which direction it goes because there's no need to jog all the way out there and then jog all the way back and get yourself tired. Like. Like I barely do on the mound. I barely walk in the tightest circle. I don't go all the way around because I don't want to tire myself out. But uh, no, I mean, I mean, obviously too. Like, obviously, if they stand there and admire it, it's kind of like, all right, like, come on, like, keep the game going. Like, we got a pitch clock and stuff like that. Like, just get going. Like, like if they're gonna admire, like, at least be just like moving while it's going. Like, that's all. Yeah. No, for sure. And like I said, I, I mean, I the fight I saw that on. I was just reading that not too long ago, and I saw that on in like on social media when i'm like okay that kind of brought me up when i was thinking about having you on here mm-hmm. um have you ever been in a fight then like whether it's uh, high school college any ball like ever uh, been in, like a brawl i've been i've been in a few bench clearing brawls i've i probably the first one i was ever in was a collegiate summer league which happened to be involved with uh i don't know if you remember it but kate cavelli yeah um prospect for the nationals he was in high school at the time going into his freshman year at oklahoma and he was playing in a summer league that allowed high school seniors that were going to play division one college to go play in this league. And I happened to be uh, going to my senior year of college as well. And he did something where he stole on a three, one count that he thought it was three, two when they were up 10. And it happened that one of my teammates who was a two way uh, said something to him from the dugout and everyone's kind of upset about it. And then we ended up playing the following day and, and in between the two games, uh, he told Cavalli like hey like watch your head and he pointed at me it was like hey like he's throwing tomorrow I'm like dude I'm not gonna hit a guy in the head first of all <laughs> and then my butt like the, the teammate that said that ended up going into the game to pitch and face him and did not hit him so then Cade came into pitch and he was still running and like the, my butt the teammate was still of mine was still running his mouth so he threw a pitch it was a little but it was behind my, the, the guy but the guy ducked and it hit the back of his bat. So it looked like he was aiming for his head. So right away, just like the hitter started walking right to the pitcher and just luckily no, no punches were actually really thrown. Like we got to them before, like benches could really clear, but that was like the one major time. I mean, I mean, I didn't really have anything crazy in indie ball, just like one time on like a showboat of a, like a player hit a home run and the pitcher didn't like, and that's about it. Like you really didn't have any of that stuff in minor leagues until uh, yeah, I mean, this past year, I mean, the, there was only one other instance last year in um, high A where the benches didn't really clear. They they cleared because the umpire, umpires missed a call that was so bad that the fans started getting involved and fans were getting oh ejected from the game, which is crazy. 
I've never, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen fans get ejected from games, but I know the the calls that umpires have made, um, and continue to make and whatnot. And like, sometimes they're so egregious. Like, I, I can see, especially in the minor leagues, you know, it's a little bit more, um, yeah. Like, that's the thing too. It's like, uh, I, like, everyone's all for like the robot, like the robot ump zone. Like, um, I think it's like, it's, it's a, it's a hit or miss. It depends on the umpire. Like, like, here's the thing, too. It's, like, I'm one of those people that, like, like for accountability, like, if you miss a call, the same missed a call. Like, like, like it's, it just makes things worse if people are just, like, snobby and, like, don't take accountability for, for anything. Yeah, and I feel like that's, that's – a lot of umpires are that way, right? If, if you say anything or get mad I'm, or stare them down, um, like, like you, it's, you're, you're never right. They're always right no matter what. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. If an umpire was like, oh, I just – I couldn't get a position in time because of this, or it's like, oh, I, I honestly do not see it because I was looking this way. Then, like, yeah, like, like, okay, like, admit that you were wrong and stuff like that, but obviously you can't overturn it. Like, we just want to know that, like, you know what you did. That, like, that's all. And then, like, when people's prides and egos get in the way and stuff like that, that's kind of when it gets like, all right, like, now this is gonna become a pissing contest and see who can who can piss longer. Like, come on. Yeah. No, for sure, and and like I said, and we'll talk about the miners in a bit, but it's it's crazy out there. Um, I do want to talk oh, one, about this. So, or sorry, go ahead. I, I literally was gonna say, but umpires like that, they never get any repercussion for anything. Right. Like they just call their games and just build up time over the ranks and then climb up the ranks and rank this, and that's all. Like like you never see an MLB umpire get sent down to AAA ever Mm-mm. for their bad performances. Which yeah, I'm that not would happen. That- any umpires. If that would happen, like I'm shouting out Angel Hernandez right now, you know, like you automatically just think Angel Hernandez when you think about bad umpires, and there's nothing like he, he just kind of laughs it off, like there's no repercussions. Like he should be sent down to AAA, AA, practice his craft, and then come back up, right? There should be some sort of like, you know, like you said, like keep him accountable. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, a little accountability, exactly, but, exactly. Yeah, but I want to talk to you about this. Um, you're from you're a Massachusetts guy, right? I am. All right. And um, I'm obviously from, I'm here in Wisconsin, but I grew up in the Bay Area. So I want I want to clear the oh. air. Uh, some may hear this and try to ruin our new friendship by talking about, you know, bad blood between the Warriors and, and the Celtics. Um, so, uh, you know, we just got to clear the air now. Like, have you, have you recovered from that? Because, like, I will say at many points during that series, I legitimately thought the Warriors were not going to win that series. Uh the tough part about that is like obviously Steph Curry, like he's he's a top ten player all time. Like sure. you knew that going in. Um, you no, know, no, it's it's it hurts a little bit because like obviously you see this young Celtic group like actually finally live up to their potential and do well, but they were just too inconsistent at times. Like Jason Tatum had some bad games when he needed to play. Like it was just one of those things. Like after that game two or game three loss, like it just never clicked the same. Like I saw a story where like going to game four, when like the whole garden was on Draymond, like chaining like F Draymond mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like Steph Curry, like literally decided like, Hey, I'm putting this on my back. Like he started hitting some unbelievable shots and then started mocking the crowd to take the energy away from Draymond and put it on Steph. Cause Steph wasn't phased by it, which Draymond's normally like the, the catalyst for that whole team. Like when he's pushing the ball up the court and stuff like that. And that's where like, once the Warriors got in their stride like that with Draymond pushing the ball up the court and Draymond just like ends up passing, just, just doing all the dirty work. Like that's when they're really good. Like people don't realize the, the Warriors didn't have James Wiseman, the number two overall pick. 
Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah granted, like, if, like, if, if every team was healthy, I still think the Warriors would have won. It all comes down to how consistent they can be. Like, this, the Warriors had the experience. Like, that's just, you just can't beat that. Then that comes with time. Like, yeah, it helped that they had Durant, but still, like, the fact that they won two champ, they won a championship before Durant, one with him, and won another one without him goes to show like how special that, that group is yeah you mentioned Wiseman you can talk about Kaminga who's a rookie um Moses Moody who's a rookie and then uh mm-hmm. yeah and then uh who's the one who just went off Jordan Poole who just like absolutely just became like elite at times which the is third, the third splash brother which is what you need because you know they're gonna get attention to Stephen Clay yeah so it's like you don't have that score in Durant anymore I mean, you had Andrew Wiggins who stepped up finally to his potential. Like, he had all this hype of being an all-star, and he finally he proved his worth this year. Yeah. No, for sure. And not to get sidetracked, I just wanted to clear the air because, you know, people are going to listen. I said they're going to try to ruin our new friendship, talk about, you know, you're, <laughs> you're a Celtics fan and I'm a Warriors fan. So I had to clear the air there. Um, let's, let's talk about your baseball career. Like, when did you start playing ball? Mm-hmm. How, did that, uh, how, how, how did that all come about? Yeah, so pretty much um, – it started like my, I didn't, I didn't play two ball until like I was three years old. Um, my mother at the time was a stay at home mom. Well, my dad worked all the time and my mom played softball growing up uh, all through high school. And then like my grandfather was a baseball player himself. Um, and my mom would just like, I would go to my mom's softball games with her during the summertime when I was a kid. And then like, I would just like live on a dead end street. So I'd just play baseball with the neighborhood kids all the time. And it just happened that I had a strong arm. Like I could throw, like I was always throwing the ball far and stuff like that. And I just fell, fell in love playing with the game. Like I didn't become a pitcher until my senior year of high school, really. Like I pitched when I was younger just to like, Oh, we, he's got a strong arm and he can be accurate. Like that's about it. Like I was always playing like either shortstop or center field. When did you say you started pitching? My senior year of high school. That's incredible. And then you, you went to, <laughs> Uh, college as a pitcher obviously at at curry yeah um how was yeah, that how so was the recruiting kinda, process so yeah so this is the funny story about that so my junior year uh february of 2013 i was playing pickup basketball at a ymca like right next to my house and i went for a rebound jumped up and i came down and landed on someone's ankle so i proceeded to snap my growth plate um my ankle like I got plates and screws in it, nerve damage, stuff like that. So it caused me to miss my whole junior year of uh, high school. So going to my senior year, I, w- I really wasn't be rec- being recruited and stuff like that. And like, I couldn't play baseball really until like mid-June. And the only thing I could really do was pitch because I still had a limp when I was running and stuff like that. So, and I ended up doing like a fall showcase, like a fall showcase out of New England when I like, like I was in like Fishburg, Massachusetts or something like that. And I did that and I did like hitting defense, everything. And then, then at the end, they're like, Hey, is anybody else like throw? And I was like, yeah, I'll throw Screw it. Like, mm-hmm. why not? I mean, I, I threw, I threw BP the whole entire season for my high school team in a full light cast on one leg. Oh, wow. And I missed playing. Yeah. It's just cause I missed playing. So I proceeded to throw and I didn't know how fast I was going to throw. Like I was just hoping that I'd hit 80. No, just because at that time like, I, I didn't like wasn't around any showcases growing up and stuff like that so well and behold like without any really lifting and working out I was already throwing like 80 miles an hour so I was like oh my goodness like that's awesome and then a couple of days later I found out I made the team as a pitcher so like I told the coaches like hey listen like I don't pitch like like I hit and but like I haven't like I just don't pitch 
like that often and they're like no like you're gonna want to get pitching lessons to see what happens and like literally from like that fall to the spring i jumped five miles an hour so i was like 83 80, 45 by the time going to my senior year so my high school coach ended up he i told him that i was looking at a few schools and curry and curry college ended up being one of them because my dad went there and he played hockey there not baseball so my high school coach when i told him i was looking at curry college he goes oh my legion coach back in the day is now the head coach there at curry like i can put in a good word mm -hmm. so he reached out and we set up an official visit trip and i went i went there toward the school and i was like well can you guys watch me come play and they're like well we can't really watch you play because that interrupts our fall schedule can you come throw a bullpen uh for our au team just for like moving forward in the springs i know you're saying you're trying to play au so i end up throwing a bullpen which i didn't tell them on two days rest and I was 84, 85 as well. And the pitching coach and I got along really well. And to this day, he's like one of my closest mentors. Like I still talk to him on the phone all the time. Like I go back to the school and visit a decent amount as well. Like I took an off day in spring training, drove two and a half hours to go watch them play a double header. Just cause like, the, like they were like the first, they were like the only school that really took a, sh a chance on me. And it kind of blossomed my career. Like I ended up playing AU for him like that summer going into my freshman year. And just ran with it, liked it really well, stuff like that. Came into college as a freshman and ended up getting a starting spot for conference weekend games. And we ended up winning the championship my freshman year, and I was the winning pitcher. Wow, that's incredible. Um, so, and this is uh, your first year at, at Curry? Mm hmm. Okay, wow. Uh, so, like, how was the celebration then? Obviously, I mean, that's, that's, unless <laughs> you just, you know. <laughs> yeah, so what happened was. Yeah, so we were nine whatever the year before going in, like the year before I was there, and we ended up. So we ended up making the playoffs as a three C. We ended up winning every game outright to go to the championship, so we had to get beat twice. So we lost the first game, and I ended up throwing six innings on a day rest after I threw 110 pitches. So I went six innings and threw 70 pitches after that, and. I only allowed, I think, one run that whole postseason run through like 15 innings, 15, 16 innings. So, and like that was a really cool moment because it showed like, hey, like I could actually compete here and do well. And then we went to regionals and I threw a, a complete game shutout versus the number two team uh, in the region, which was really cool. So, like, now that opened a lot of doors to like, okay, like maybe the NECBL, maybe the Cape Cod League, maybe. So, I ended up playing in the Futures League for three years there and just developed my stuff based division one talent and did well when I was there, which was really cool. Yeah. So you, you pitched off two days of rest, didn't allow very many runs in the whole postseason and end up being the winning mm -hmm. pitcher. Uh, we're going to go ahead yeah. and start, start the narrative that you got, you're, you're just a dog on the mound. Like we got to, he's got to start that narrative, get it going. I mean, I'm sure it's I mean, already out there, but he's got a fan of flames. I mean, I, I like to compete. I mean, I'm, I'm like a very competitive person. Like, I used to be very emotional when I pitched, but obviously now it's like, hey, like, getting too emotional sometimes can ruin it. So it's like, it's good to kind of just keep that even keel, like, kind of like a robot face, but have that fire, like, burning inside of you. Like, that's kind of one of the, like, you got to have, like, that inner flame to compete. Like, if you don't have that, like, if you don't have the fire to compete, then what are you doing playing sports at this point? Like, and especially too, like I, I, when I graduated college, like obviously I went on draft and stuff like that. I actually quit baseball, like because my my arm was so 
banged up. I had a severe case of tendonitis called tendinosis in my elbow. So like I couldn't even bend my arm straight. Um, I can do di- like regular activities, like, like write stuff, hold, like even like holding my phone up right now, I wouldn't have been able to do because I would get sharp pain. I couldn't turn, turn a doorknob, carry groceries type. Like it would just like what hurt severely. And um, yeah. So like at that time too, like the Boston Red Sox were making the 2018 world series run. And like, I just graduated college trying to figure out like who I am outside of sports, like what my identity is as a person, just stuff like that. And I was actually working sales for a company out of Boston for six months. And I was absolutely miserable. Like wasn't working out or like, not that like, I was working out in general, but like I wasn't being as active as I used to be and stuff like that. So I started to put on some weight. So rolling into the 2019 year, I decided like, okay, like if for a new year's resolution, what if I actually took care of my body, started lifting, started working out and like fast forward to fast forward three years later now. I went from independent ball, put graduating college at 170 to now sitting 205, 208, like playing in double A, getting a triple A start for an affiliate team. Like it's crazy to think about. Yeah, that's crazy. And like, what if you would have told yourself then, like working sales and retail that, you know, just a couple of years later, you'll be, like you said, making spot stars in triple A and then pitching in double A, you know hanging out with Max Scherzer, you know, just some of the, some of the guys on that team that, and obviously he's not on the team, but you know what I'm saying? Like, just like, yeah. would, would you even believe yourself if you were to go back and tell yourself that? I mean, there was always like a dream of mine to do something like that. Like, obviously I, I envisioned like, like I, like obviously like you got to have some kind of ambition, like in self-visualization, like, Hey, this is going to happen. But, um, like in reality like if i was being like actual like serious and if like like when it comes down to it no i probably didn't think so like i like at that time like i didn't i never realized like how important it was like yes you have to do on the field stuff but the off the field stuff was just as important the sleep the recovery the diets uh everything um but no i mean i'm glad i took that chance again because like i honestly like i was I was actually battling depression back and forth, just like trying to figure out like who I am as a person. I didn't know what to do. Like I was going through a rough spot and luckily my parents were like, they even said it like, they're like, Dave, like you look so miserable, like go do it. So I ended up quitting my job where I was making $60,000 a year to go make about $2,000 playing indie ball. Like, like I took a $58,000 pay cut just to do something I love. Right. But in the end, like it's, it's because you love it. Right. I mean, Um, yeah exactly like i'm a much happier person like the relationships the relationships and the knowledge that i've the relationships that i've built and the knowledge that i've learned like throughout these especially like these last three years just been crazy just like i'm i'm very thankful that i was able to 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 do that and like take that risk when normally i'm one of those people like i'm very cautious about that like i'm like i i like change but at the same time it's like i don't i just don't dive into something and that's so, fair. And, was, and there's a lot of people yeah. who are like that. And, you know, it's 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 not easy. And like you mentioned, finding your identity um, like after sports. And um, I find just kind of like through interactions and like, you know, with more than baseball, like there's so many um, mm-hmm. guys who have um, played baseball in minors and, and then they leave sports and they think, you know, now who am I? You know, like sports has been my life. Baseball has been my life since T-ball and then travel ball and summer league and all that stuff. And now I'm, I'm out of baseball or, you know. Uh, whatever it is and they don't know you know they have that identity crisis of like you know now what who am i you know what i'm saying yeah exactly and that's the one thing too like i always realized like i loved coaching and stuff like that because like 
even in college, I would help run like our like fundraising clinics for like, like little league and all that stuff. So it was once like, like I always cut, like caught myself like going back to baseball facilities and just explaining the knowledge I had and what I learned. And especially now too, like I'm from an area in Massachusetts where there's more hockey, there's more professional hockey players and there's like actual like professional baseball players. And like, I mean, I'm from an area right in between Boston and Cape Cod. So there's like not too many like professional at the professional baseball players with that pedigree that still like, like want to help coach and stuff like that. So it's like, I always like enjoyed giving back and showing like, Hey, like you don't have to spend all this money by going to private schools or doing whatever, like at the end of it, it comes down to connections and like how well you want to put the work in. No, absolutely. So, yeah, for sure. Um, your, your college team, how, how good was the football team there? I, I, just, I always like asking this question, like, like how were the, the college game days? Um, did your coach make you guys run practices in the morning to keep you guys uh, from going too crazy the night before? And whatnot? I mean, I mean, we were so busy in the fall. Like we'd practice Saturday and Sunday mornings. I mean, we actually, I don't, I don't even think we practiced because like our, our complex was like, like our football field was right next to our baseball field. I mean, it was a small division three campus. So it was like, you try to, you got to early, early practice and get the hell out of there. So traffic. Um, but no, I mean, the football team, I mean, they struggled my first three years, uh, but they were good my senior year. But um, no, I mean, they had a rich history of winning way back in the day, like a bunch of NFL, former NFL pros were coaching the program back in the day. But no, I mean, it was like one of the few things to do on campus. So yeah, we go to the tailgate from time to time. We wouldn't stay long because we'd get hungry and want to get food because we were tired from baseball. But yeah, I can't remember who I was talking to very recently. He was uh, he went to school in a, in a dry county. Um, oh, and he said he said he's a he went one year there and he said, and he left, he went back to Juco after that. And he said he and the guys would have to drive about two or three hours away, um, stock up for a couple weeks and then, uh, and then come back. And like, he's like, he's like, I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, and I didn't even know those existed still, if I'm being completely yeah. honest, like, I didn't yeah, even know that. That sounds absolutely miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. So he's, he said anyone who would have saw them leaving like Costco or wherever they would thought they would have, have like, an alcohol problem just with uh, the amount oh, yeah. of just beverages they would have to leave with because they would stock up for like weeks at a time because like I said it was dry county they couldn't purchase anything anywhere anywhere in the county damn <laughs> um but hey uh so how did you get into uh with the Mets I mean obviously you were grinding in, in any ball the Mets mm-hmm. picked you up there like what was what was that process all about and how that go- come through yeah so I I, I went back to Gary, South Shore Railcats, and the American Association after my 19th season. So 2021, post-COVID, I ended up going back there again. And I was there as a starter, and I was throwing the ball well. Um, early, like, so it's actually funny how this went down. Like, a, a day or two before, my manager and I had gotten into an argument about about something that, that was done with the field. Like, I didn't like how something was done. And, like, I, like, voiced my concern because, like, I didn't want anyone to get hurt because, like, I saw some, I saw something happen to one of our, the pitches the night before on our team. And I was like, Hey, like, can we not do this this time? And I got chewed out. And I was like, listen, I didn't know that. Like I was frowned upon for me to ask like that. Like, and so he was chewing me out and then we had an off day and, um, which it's like the off day. So we we're getting ready to go to Kansas city and like the bus was leaving like 1130 at night or like midnight. So we we're just going to drive through the night. 
and I'm getting ready to like pack up. I'm in the locker room and my pitching coach, I'm in the trainer's room helping pack in the, and my pitching coach goes, Hey Griff wants to skip, wants to see you in his office. So I'm like, Oh God, like right on a trip too. Like, this is not good. So I walk in and Skip tells me to sit down. I'm like, oh boy. And he was like, David, like, obviously you just threw the other day, like, and you're only on the road for three days. Like, you're probably not going to throw. So we're not going to be a road trip. I'm like, okay, like, that sounds reasonable. And he starts talking about like, the past when he first met me and like how much like I've matured and stuff like that as a player and like learned. And I'm just like, I'm like, where's he going with this? So he goes, yeah, we're going to get you ready for your start Saturday. However, it's not going to be for us. And I'm like, oh great like i just got trade or whatever and he just like he goes just about 10 minutes ago i got off the phone to new york mets they bought your contract and i'm like huh and he goes he goes yeah he goes he goes honestly dave i, I gotta tell you it was it was ironic because they were the only team in person that hadn't watched you pitch out here and i'm like really and like that's what he told me so then he gave me the contact number of somebody to get in touch with and like where i was going to be going and things like that so I, I actually walk out of the locker room like like faces blank like everybody thought I got traded or released so like one of my locker one of my the guy one of my locker mates next to me who I happened to like we got there at the same time for like two years so he's like you're not traveling I go no I'm out and he goes oh like you're not coming on the road trip I go no like I'm out out and he goes what you get released I'm like no he goes you get traded I go no and, I, and I, he goes like wait so what happened I go I got picked up and he's like wait by who and I was like the New York Mets and then everyone just like erupted in the locker room and someone's like, you literally walked by me as if like your dog died. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, I was just trying to process it all. So, so that was a cool experience. So I actually, and this was like 1130 at night central time. So I had to go call my parents, obviously first phone call. Like, so I'm going to call my dad. My dad's always on his phone, which it, that late though, he's normally asleep. So I call him no answer. I'm like, all right, whatever. So then I call my mom who's, it's a 50-50 shot whether she even knows where her phone is. Love her to death, but it's a flip of the coin. And she, she picks up first ring and she goes, hey, what's wrong? And I was like, oh, now you pick up. <laughs> like, I, and I was just like, oh, like, can you wake up dad? And she was like, is everything okay? I go, just wake up dad and put me on speakerphone. So they're like, okay. And they said, hey, what's up? And I said, I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm not traveling to Kansas City this week because I just found out that the New York Mets had signed me and bought my contract. Now I'm pitching Saturday in Delaware for the high 18 Brooklyn Cyclones. And they were like, Oh my God, like, that's awesome. Like they were still half asleep. So they're like, that's awesome. Like good for you. Like, of course the motherly instinct. So like, you're not driving tonight, are you? I'm like, no, I, I got to pack up and everything. So um, I like got off the phone with them. And, like I was texting like my best friends, like from college, my roommates from like my, my roommates from college, my best friends from home, tell them like all that news. And like, I'm like, it's starting, word's starting to spread. So my parents call me back like 30 minutes later, like just in pure excitement, hoorah, like, oh my God, like you got signed. Like, uh, oh, it was so funny. So, but no, it's been, it's been a magic, it's been a wild journey. Like, obviously like not trying to be too hard on myself at times, but just enjoying it all. It's like, like I was lucky enough to get a second chance back into baseball and not many people that are able to do that. So like, but like one of, one of the guys, it was, it was cool. He was actually one of your former guests on your podcast, Jared Coning. Oh yes, yes. I, mean, I love Jared. Yeah, so shout out to him. So 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 him and I actually were in the same indie ball camp for Lake Erie in 2019. Unfortunately, I the Lake Erie is the first team that signed me, but I got released. I didn't make I didn't make the roster, which that that's how I ended up in Gary, which is ironic enough. 
but like Jared and I still stay in touch and follow each other's careers and stuff like that. So like obviously watching him get called up to the show was an was an unbelievable feeling because like he was just one of those guys that no matter where he went, all he was doing was just throwing strikes and getting guys out. And like it just shows that like it doesn't matter when you start. It's just it's just whether you want to give up or not. No, like, Jared is. He's such he's such a great guy. Like he's one of those guys that you just want you're you can't root against him, right? Uh, oh yeah, like I texted him, and, I was, and like he got back to me so quick, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like I, I was like, "I didn't think." I go, "Dude, your phone's probably like off the hook right now." Same thing with me. Like I DM'd him a couple times, like pretty quick. Like, "Hey, thanks for the response, or thanks for the encouraging words. Um, I appreciate you." And I'm like, "Like you, you are just you know, like he said, his phone's blowing up. Like I don't even understand yeah. like how he has the time to take." how he has the time to respond to everybody. But I, I imagine he probably responded to everybody or at least yeah. acknowledged like, the, their message. And like me and him have messaged back and forth since then, you know, um, I'm waiting yeah. for him to come out here. Hopefully. And I told him, I said, Hey, if you're still with the team, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, he is when they come down to Minnesota, Chicago, he out here in the Midwest. Like I I'm down there. Like I, I can't wait to see yeah. him and pitch in person and all that. It's going to be, it's absolutely just electric what he's been able to do. Oh, for sure. It's been awesome to watch. Yeah. Yeah, so, and like it's funny that you mentioned him because I was I was gonna I was you talking to you and your story kind of reminded me of his you know going to indie ball and now signed to mm -hmm. affiliate ball and then able to make his uh, all the way to AAA and then obviously his major league debut um, this season. Um, let's let's talk about the minors because like I this is a, mm -hmm. one of the fun things fun it's funny because you're pro players and you go through things you shouldn't have to go through. So like I say it's funny, but it's really not funny. Um, but yeah. I like talking about these experiences that you go through, and I say this all the time. Uh, fans they see the final product they see the jared koenig making his major league debut they don't see the years of oh. indie ball minor league ball um all the yeah. grind the, the whole the you just got off a four or five hour bus ride yourself and you know you only found one one place to eat whatnot so like it's just those stories that i, I like to hear kind of highlight um do you have any interesting like maybe um, experiences either bus rides or like hotels where you think back you're like why am i even going through this experience right now I mean, definitely when I was playing indie ball, for sure. Like, it was, like, my first year on the road, like, not knowing what to expect, being away from home. Um, like, that was definitely something, like, it made you question a lot of stuff, because especially, like, in indie ball, too, it's kind of like the Wild West, like, depending on where you're playing and who you're playing with. Like, we'd have three guys in a bed in a hotel room like this. We'd have, like, maybe one share in a bed or one sleep on the floor. And it's like, if you're, if you're considered a professional sports team, like you should, everybody should have a, their own bed at least. Um, but no, I mean, we've seen the late, the like, I mean, I've been a part of like the 14 hour bus rides. Like I've been across the, crossing the country through Canada and stuff like that. Like, like all the horror stories that I heard about affiliate, like by the time I got there, like they were already kind of somewhat like rectified. Like, like when I got to, when I was in low A, like the Mets, like, everything was maybe a two hour bus ride, not even like where we went. And then every, the series just became a six, like a week long thing. So it's like, you never really have to travel that much. It was just, you're in the same place for a week and then go. Um, but I mean, food wise, I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes you're going to get food that you might not like that others do. It's like not every meal is going to be catered to your exact needs. Like I understand that. And that's just like, and if we don't like it, then it's like, we can go find something on our own. Like, like they now pay for our housing. They, um, they give us meal money on the road and stuff like that. It's just whether how we want to spend our money. Like you can't be going out, going to buy all these clothes or going out to like buy like all these drinks and stuff like that. It's like, no, like if you're trying to save your money, like you're saving your money on food, then 
Like you're not, you're not going to be drinking. Like you're not going to be whatever. You know, make sure you get, you get your sleep and get your nutrition you need. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. That's, and that's well said. And like, I'm glad like um, the whole minor league housing, um, obviously there's still some issues. I've taught the guys who have married or um, dating or whatnot. And it's, it's kind of, there's little things here and there yeah. that they can fix and improve, but just to go from where it was to where it is now, it's just a, a huge leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely a big step. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, have you ever, um, in either indie ball or you know, the minors or whatnot, um, have you ever gone, like, get off the bus, you go to a city and just look around, and you're like, where am I? I'm in the middle of nothing but, like, cornfields in, like, Iowa or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, definitely in the American Association. Like, there was a few places out there. Like, um, I mean, we'd be in the middle of, like, Sioux City, Iowa. Like, there are some places that I never thought in my life that I would ever be in, like, I was in Fargo, North Dakota, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and stuff like that. Like, like I'm by no means I'm I'm like like dissing on any of the no, states. No, absolutely, it's like for sure. It's it's funny because like I've always like like I forget like when I started this baseball like journey in general like like I was I forget who I was talking to the other day. It's like I've been to almost oh, I've been to over thirty states out of the fifty states in all for baseball, which is crazy to think about. And like the only place I have even really been to two to play baseball is the west coast like literally from like the middle of the country and east i've played in all except for like missouri or west virginia and that's it did you play in wisconsin i did oh, i played milkman milkman that's that's yeah, mm-hmm. i was say i was gonna say milkman because that would have been any ball because you're low a and high a and double a they wouldn't they wouldn't match with, yeah. with ours and here or whatnot but uh um couple of things before we go um have you I and I, I this question I I love asking. Have you had any like interesting or funny fan interactions? I've had um guys tell me fans asking them to sign their foreheads or um one one player um had a fan like make a replica out of out of like tin cans and whatnot of him with like the little baseball cap with you put the ice cream scoops as his head painted a picture That's of him. Fun. Like some weird Jared Koenig actually had one too. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head what his was, but um have you had any interesting fan interactions um i mean i've had some fans that um because i there's really no baseball cards of me up until this year like uh binghamton just released like their team set and like i was there long enough to have my own picture finally like other than that like no other team that there's i'm not in any like i have no baseball cards or anything like that so like like collectors were always trying to find like my card and so i had a so I, I came across a few fans where they've taken pictures from either my social media and stuff like that. Cause like, I know which pictures like I post <laughs> and which ones like aren't are out there and which ones aren't. And a fan took some of my pictures from my social media and put them on baseball cards. And it was like, that was, I mean, that wasn't strange. Like, obviously it's cool to see yourself on a baseball card and stuff like that. So they, they homemade, just, like, they homemade made at home like, yeah. a ba- your own baseball card. Okay. Yeah, and like I, like I wasn't expecting that, and it's like, like I, like obviously too, like the, like I've been around like a lot of top prospects, like between Alvarez, Beatty, Mauricio, like I've been with them majority of the time in my in my Mets tenure. So like as I'm walking around, like I see them, like people just like hunting those guys down, and like I've seen some stuff, like I've seen like what fans do for them. So it's like I don't have any crazy stories like that. So what's the craziest thing you've seen a fan do try to get one of those guys like attention or to get an autograph? Obviously, because you see the guys with like, the, the binders and they're just flipping I mean, through them with like 50 cards. Well, I saw I like it happened this year. Like I saw a bunch of kids try to pop up on our bus, like come in on our bus and like, 
like a dad took his hand and like took a photo of us on the bus inside the bus. So he stuck his phone in the, in like the window. Yeah. Jeez. No, like through like the walkway. Oh, okay. Like they were, they were in the bus. (laughs) Like it was like a, like, like we didn't even realize it was going on until it was too late. But, um, no, I mean, that was probably, that was probably the toughest one. Like, it was one of those games where we lost by a decent amount. We just didn't play good. So like, obviously people are frustrated. So like the last thing we want to try to do is like, yeah, we'll like, we'll sign stuff for the kids and stuff like that, but we're not going to like, because obviously too, like you want to keep the, the, the dream alive for kids that like, you want to give them a reason to keep playing and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, like I'm not going to sign, like, we don't want to just sign baseball to your collection. Like if we have time, then yeah, we'll do so. But it's like if we see it, if we see either a little kid's baseball to sign or like an old, like an older person, like we're probably going to pick the kids because the kids are ultimately the, the future. future of our sport. Yeah. Whether they know it or not. And the best we can do is try to make the impression memorable for them to keep going. Yeah. So this no and well said, well said um, this guy who goes on the bus, like how fast were there people kicking him off? Like, like, like was security no, we, there? We didn't, we didn't, we didn't even see them. Like, oh. All we saw was a little phone go up and then go. Oh, so he took a picture and just dipped out. Yeah. And we're just like, what just happened? What? That's crazy. Yeah. Fans are are crazy here. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, come on, man. Like, like, if you really want to get our stuff, like, go to the game earlier. Go to the ballpark earlier. It's like, like, if we're in a good mood, then yeah, like, that's that's the risk you're willing to take. Like, if you get to the ballpark later, then it's like, yeah, you better hope we play well then. Because, like, obviously – if we play well and win, we're going to want to be signing some stuff more. But yeah. you got to be one of those days where we didn't play well. Yeah. And they got to read the room. Like I've seen like um, yeah. after, after your losses, like, you know, like here uh, below, I live about 40 minutes from the, from below, which is now yeah. the Marlins high A team. And I, I know a couple guys on there. So like, I'll go there, get some tickets and stuff. Um, and I see fans after the game, like asking to sign autographs when they lose. And they just look at them like, you know, like, like this is not the time to like, you know, like you got to read the room a little bit. I mean, it's, I understand that it's like a little kids like, like, yeah, there's like some kids, like, like it's, it's harder to say no to little kids than it is to adults. Like if a little kid like wants a baseball and stuff like that, then like, yeah, like, or like, I mean, stuff when they ask for baseballs, like if they have a baseball and a pen there, like, then yeah, we'll sign them all day. Like sign a few. Like I remember like, especially too, like for me, like when I was closer to home, like when I was playing in like Hartford or when I was playing in the Manchester, New Hampshire, like. I was trying to sign all those autographs for those kids just because it's like, I'm from that area. So like, I can actually engage them. Like, Oh, Hey, where are you from? Then all I can tell them, Oh, like, I trained down the street here. And, or like, Oh, like I'm from the area. So now they're like, wait, he's from around here. And like, it kind of gives them like a little bit of like excitement as well. Yeah. Man of the people, but, man of the people. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I mean, I've been in those shoes once. Like, like a crazy part was too, like when I was in AAA this past weekend, like Derek Holland pitched for them. Former, uh, he was in the big leagues for a while and it was funny because i like one of my very first pictures on my like photo on my phone like i have a picture with Derek holland he was with texas yeah back in the so back in the day so of the rangers like, yeah so i was like a freshman sophomore in high school and then who would have thought 10 years later playing against him in triple a game like like it's just it's just crazy to see like where life takes you at that point yeah. Over, over, under like over a hundred or over under a hundred. Like how many times do you hear a g- per game? Hey, can I get a ball? <laughs> like that has to wear on you though. Like, Hey, can I get a ball? Hey, can I get a ball? It depends where you are for sure. Like if the dugout's close to the fans and then you hear it a lot, like, like <laughs> that's one of the lessons you learn. Like if you're a pitcher and you're not pitching that game, do not wear your Jersey because 
if you wear your jersey and the number, like people are just gonna pepper you for stuff. Hey, twenty three, because like, like if they know your name, they're gonna know your name, and if they don't know your name, they're just gonna say hey, 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 and you tune that out a lot easier. Um, but no, I mean, people just expect like the big leagues that we can throw away stuff nonstop. Like it costs a lot. It costs money to like get keep getting those baseballs and stuff like that. Like. Yeah, y'all get like one yeah. or two gloves if unless you have like some, you know, like a, a sponsorship or whatnot. Oh. But like so many minor leagues yeah, have I, like one or two per season. Oh, oh yeah, I gotta buy my glove. My mine from this year is already ripping, so I actually gotta start glove shopping quick, or I'm just gonna have to reinforce everything and just get it out for the last two months. Yeah, and that's it's crazy, like I said, what the minor leaguers go through. Because I mean, like again, like I had Simon, uh, who he's been since released from the Rays, but he one of the founders of More Than Baseball, and he said. You know, we just kind of laugh, like, all these people asking, hey, can I have your baseball or, or can I have your bat or can I have your glove? He's like, no, if I don't have this glove, like, I have to buy my own glove. I don't just get all these. This is not the majors, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's crazy, yeah. and sometimes the fans don't see that that whole side of things, you know? Yeah, and it's like, too, they're like, oh, like, because I remember somebody asked me, like, oh, can I give you a hat? I, I almost was like, you got $40? Because I, I still got the price tag on here, and it says 40 so. But, um. No, they ask can I get your hat? Like you can, you can like all our hats. You can go to Woods and buy it. So it's like, 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 do you want the hat just because I wore it? Like that's a different story. Like that's funny. Um, last thing I want to ask you before we get off here: craziest thing you've seen in the bullpen? I had um, Tyler Mitchell for for the with the Marlins, and like he said, um, one of the, his the pitchers on his team would drown himself by getting a cup of water and like. Like literally putting his to his nose and breathing in, and then he would spit out the water, and it would give him like a, sh- a rush of like adrenaline, and he would go out there and pitch. And I'm like, are you serious? And I mean, you know, obviously smelling sauce, whatever you people use, but oh, drowning wow. himself—that's the cr- never heard someone say that before. But he says that's... now everyone in their bullpen does it. Damn, um, yeah. I gotta think about this. You put me on the spot for this. One. <laughs> I feel like I've definitely seen it. I definitely seen a few stuff. Like I've seen summer ball days where like. Like if a guy is not pitching, he's smoking a cigarette, playing a banjo, and like that's a summer ball. Yeah. Like, um, but for like professionally, jeez, oh, um, I don't know. Like, like one entertaining thing I've seen us do is like, like there was like a um kind of like a, a railing that's like elevated where people can like like a walkway, people can like fans can walk by and they can overlook into our bullpen, and I've seen. I've seen guys put three levels of cups out, like one's closest, one's in the middle, one's furthest. So I like the cup closest was if you get it in, it's like you get some they get some gum. If you get the the furthest away, if you get like the middle one, it gets like like oh like you get like this cup is like like if you get if you like if you get it in from there, it's like um you get like use batting gloves and a bat. So what we did was we filled a little bit of cups to like a little bit of water and we had a pill, a pill jar uh, filled with quarters. So we'd ask the fans, like, hey, like, how many throws do you want? They're like, oh, give us $5. Um, so we throw up then, we throw up the quarters, then they would put the $5 in the thing and throw it back down to us, the pill thing. So we had $5 right there and they would shoot quarters. So if they missed, they kept going. So like within the first five innings, we put up $60. For That's bullpen. crazy. That's awesome. And you get like the bullpens, it, the conversations there are, are like just electric, just kind of overhearing like the conversations as a fan. And, you know, the so, bullpen, the bullpen's a safe zone. Yeah. A safe zone. Absolutely. 
for sure. Um, well, hey, I want to thank you for coming on. Obviously, like I said, you just had a long bus drive. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I, you cut out for a second, but I, okay. I got you. Okay, right. I just want to uh, thank you for coming on. Obviously, like I said, you just got off a long bus ride. Um, yeah. You know, I'm glad we were able to you know get this all hooked up and all that. Uh, but I do want to uh, thank you for coming on. appreciate that. We're going to have to have you back on. Uh, we're looking forward. I'm a big David guy now. Like, I'm going to look forward to see what you get doing, you know, with the Mets. Hopefully this this season, you know, make that next step. Hopefully, you know, get that that major league promotion. Either way, uh, you keep grinding, and uh, I'll keep uh, watching what you're doing, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be glad to be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. All right, brother. You have a great rest of your night, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.